Hello everyone and welcome to episode 7 of the official New Japan Pro Wrestling English podcast. This might be surprising to you if you've just downloaded this and seen the size of your files a little longer than usual. Um, there was an episode we had in the tank with the wonderful Rocky Romero and that was the plan this week and then all of a sudden there was uh, you know an offer came across my table of would you like to speak to Kenta for five minutes so of course we would say hell yes we would like to speak to Kenta um, but uh, in very unique circumstances Kenta of course was the the hot topic all weekend after he debuted in Dominion and really then underwent a, a huge media parade of one interview to the next, to the next, to the next, uh, all the afternoon on Monday. So there was literally just a 10-minute window uh, to get him for an interview, and in English as well, uh, he, was, he was gracious enough to do. There will be a full comprehensive interview uh, with him, which was conducted in his in his native Japanese, and that will be on njpw1972.com uh, imminently as well. But uh, yeah, this was the a rare chance to to chat to Kenta, rare chance for Kenta to air his feelings uh, on the air in English. So just a very short window and just a very quick couple of questions from Kenta. But I hope you appreciate them, and then we're going to get on to Rocky. Busy day, pretty much. Yeah, busy so, weekend. Yeah. Uh, today I just came back from uh, Osaka and straight to here, so yeah, pretty busy. Same yeah. for me. Oh, really? <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Um, so, well, first of all, we saw Shibata-san. Yep. And there was a long, dramatic pause. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, was, that has a little bit of story. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, the Shibata go first yeah. and then he the point me yeah and then i tried to go entrance but I, <laughs> but i couldn't <laughs> i didn't know where is the entrance <laughs> that's why a little bit of t time mm. and then i tried to look for uh upstairs yeah and then finally find out oh, okay i go a <laughs> little bit of time yeah but Gekko collecting his hands, so he's quite yeah. <laughs> I was worried Shibata's arm. Yeah, yeah. He's gonna fall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. So, um, how did it feel? You've wrestled in Osaka, obviously, many times. Osaka Joe Hall. Was uh, that was time maybe first time or long, long time, long, mm. long time ago. Mm. I think. Yeah. Mm. And first time, obviously, in New Japan, yeah. rain, you know, I mean, since what, 2002, yes, I maybe think just once, I so, and yeah. that long gap, yeah. people associate you with pro wrestling Noah. Yeah. In Japan, yeah. first of all. Um, so, why New Japan? Let's say, uh, now New Japan goes worldwide. I want to show my wrestling to the world as Kenta, not Hideo Itami. I want to show my wrestling to the world. So, and then so New Japan goes worldwide, US or UK, everybody knows what New Japan. So I decided New Japan. For, so some fans maybe don't know 
the connection uh, between Kenta and Shibata. Shibata. Yeah. So um, where did where did that come from? Back in 2005, <clears throat> uh, at the time Shibata was in New Japan. I was in Prosing Noah. We have a same friend, and then that friend invited both of us, and we met first time in 2005. And then at that night, we drank a lot. I think uh, we like a li little bit of, I think similar people, you know. So and we help each other. Uh, uh, I don't know if you know, so Shibata left uh, New Japan person, yeah. and then I invited him to my company. That was 2005, and then almost 15 years later, Shibata invited, introduced me to New Japan person. That was a little bit weird, but we have a lot of history. We have, actually we never have much against one one, mm. but we have a lot of tag team match and good tag partner. Also, in out of link, we, we, we talk about wrestling or something, a hobby or like a, a good friend for a long time, so. You put your name forward for the G1, and lots of people did <laughs> last night. Yeah. Osprey did, Shingo Takagi did, uh, John Moxley did yeah. as well. And, well, actually, let's touch on John Moxley because both of you came from the American system. Yeah. Actually, he the top of the top in <laughs> WWE. Mm. But, as you know, I, I'm not, so. We never talk about this. Maybe there he was yeah. on a different level to you, not because of ability, but yeah. because of plans and different things. Now in the G1, do you feel, would you like to wrestle him as a kind of, now we're on the same level? Definitely, I want to I wanna have much with him because now I'm not just a, Stupid Hideo Itami. I, I'm now, I'm Kenta, you know, so I want to fight him as Kenta. So I want kick his ass. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Who from New Japan would you really like to face most? Everybody. Boeing, as I know. <laughs> but, you know, but now I, uh, Okada is. Uh, IWGP champ, so I won. Definitely, I won't have much against him. Also, I'm interested in Naito. Mm. And the last, you know, the, the similar ties and your friends with uh, Marufuji as well. Oh, yeah. And when Marufuji instantly came into the G1 a couple of years ago, oh, yeah. And beat Okada, that was a huge statement, right? Um, so just finally, are you just 
for right now thinking about the G1 or are there you thinking about past the G1 in Japan in general or around the world in New Japan? Now I just focus on G1, you know,、mm. but G1 is,、uh, I think,、uh, hardest tour in the, in the world.、Yeah. It's the toughest tour in, in the world.、Mm. So I need to focus on、uh, G1. And smooth as silk as a transition, here's Rocky Romero. Hello again, and welcome back to the New Japan Pro Wrestling Official English Podcast.、Uh, my name is Chris Charlton, and today we're not in the New Japan Wrestling Towers of Megoro Tokyo. We are in the, the Tokyo Dome Hotel because we have a special guest across from me, Mr. Rocky Romero. Hello, Chris. How are you doing? Good, good. We speak to each other quite a lot, but not in this relaxed. No, not in this setting at all. We're trying, trying not to get water dumped on us and <sighs> get, <laughs> getting things thrown at us and sticks, kind、right. of sticks, trying to threaten us.、So. Right, right. Yeah. 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 This is much nicer. <laughs> much more relaxed, much more <laughs> laid back. Yeah. How's it? We are, this podcast, full disclosure, will be up after Best of the Super Juniors.、Um, but we're right in the middle of the Korokoran run of three. So we're right in the middle of the tournament right now.、Um, how have you been holding up?、Um, I'm holding up in a way <laughs> <Okay> . with bandages and sticks. But uh, no, uh, I'm doing okay. I, I you know, It's been a tough tour already. We're just like what, four matches in or four singles matches in, I think.、Mm. And it's like,、uh, I'm doing my best, but I'm feeling it already, you know. Just, I'm not as young as I used to be. <laughs> <laughs> After 20 years in the business or so, like, I, it, it's much harder to do a bunch of singles matches, especially this little section feels like, you know, three in a row with one day off、mm. and the fourth one is like, Very challenging. It's tougher because the, the number of matches、yeah. are the same as a G1, but it's more condensed than the G1.、Yeah. So it's like、yes. it's a harder tour for right, you guys. Right. And then, you know, and the good thing is we don't have the, the crazy、uh, travel schedules of the G1,、right. which is nice. You know, we're not taking the train every day or catching, you know, a plane, which is great.、Um, I'm glad that it's here, you know, next door in、yeah. Corican because, you know, we're here at the Tokyo Dome Hotel and it's nice to. You know, sleep in, get, maybe、mm. go to the gym, and then get over to the building a little later than usual because there's no travel time except for the five minute walk over. Right, right, so, right. Which is nice. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Is it, I mean, you mentioned, okay, you're not as young as you used to be, but like you've been, it's, it's、uh, 20 years, but you're not an old guy. You、no. know what I mean? You know, <laughs> And that was one of the things, you know, I think, like, Juice put it up on commentary. It's like, Rocky's not, you know, like, but it feels that way because you've, you've been around for a long time. A long time. <laughs>、yeah. And it's to the point where, you know, I think people, you took people by surprise、mm. and it was almost, almost by design in a, in a way, it feels、mm. like, you know, because it's, you've always been there. Right. But you took a couple of years. Away from the tournament, you've been doing other things, and then you've been with Show and Yo. So, like, people have forgotten. Right. And, and there's also so many new fans in the、right. last two or three years who haven't seen me ever wrestle、yeah. probably a singles match ever, you know?、Yeah. So, I think, you know, it was a big shock there because, you know, those fans are probably just used to me, you know, being in six mans or eight mans or something like that and then getting beaten. So, <laughs> so they're like, this guy. 
yeah. what the heck is he going to do in this tournament, you know? So, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, you know, it, to be honest, I, one of the biggest reasons I wanted to do the tournament was just uh, for that reason as well. Is just I don't feel challenged as, as a wrestler. You know, I feel like challenged in so many other uh, factors of my life right now, mm. um, you know, including, you know, helping show and yo as much as I can. But I mean, they're at the point where they're kind of, you know, just doing their own thing, you know, and finding themselves. Um, but I haven't done anything with my wrestling side, you know? So I feel like, man, I really wanted to be in this year's tournament. So I, that's why, you know, like Kevin says, I started getting ready for it like really early and just kind of prepping myself. And, you know, if the, when the opportunity came through and it was for certain that I was going to be in the tournament, I was like, okay, we got to do this now. <laughs> you put your money where your mouth is, you know? So, uh, I'm just grateful that, uh, you know, I, I got the opportunity to do it again. Right. And, and you've been doing it, you know, and, and the, when we put this all to bed, like people are going to be talking about you and Will. Right. Yeah, you know, I, I think right. for probably... I didn't know people do that. Do, <laughs> when, do people talk good, about... <laughs> when good matches happen. Do people talk <laughs> about it? Were, were you... Was part of you surprised that people were surprised? Or, you no. know, no. To be honest, no. I, I mean, I. it always feels... I guess you're a little surprised when, when people really take to a, a match, I guess. You know, I'm not really in that kind of position all the time. So I don't mm. really... Like I said, I'm, I don't really know what it feels like. But... Uh, like, I know I could still go. Like, I know a lot of the re- other wrestlers think like, oh, you know, Rocky would be great in a singles run or whatever. Like, he could still go. They know that I can still go. But I, I, I guess it, it wasn't a surprise that the fans would be like, oh, wow. But I just to hear the response that it actually got, like, I get tweets about it every day since, you know, like multiple tweets a day and just like, oh, my gosh, Rocky and Osprey was fire. Or oh, my, Rocky and Osprey was awesome or whatever it is. And it, and, uh, it just kind of feels nice at this point. I'm just mm. like, wow, that's cool that people are still talking about it a week later, especially in this day and age where it's like, forget things are forgotten Everything's so got, quickly. Yeah. yeah, such a short self There's so many other matches that have been awesome too, you know. Yeah. People are still talking about the match, so that's kind of refreshing. Right, right. It's a constant churn of, I think, from both sides. There's a constant churn on the coverage side of mm. like, oh, you know, we've got, half a day to react to something and then right. another half a day where it's like here's what's coming up right. next here, and then you know nine more matches yeah right matches. right right we've we've just we've taken the breather from like you and will and and now it's coach versus coach right <laughs> now that's the big one the big one that everybody he's like well actually it's just me and taguchi that are probably rumbling but yeah but <laughs> <laughs> we're trying to get people to care about it yeah yeah what well, i mean Taguchi, you're kind of contemporaries mm. in a way. You know, I think that's what's interesting about you. Similar age-wise, is a little bit older than you, right? But right. I mean, but started around the same time. Around the same time, yeah, right. Two thousand. He was Dojo two thousand two, right. And then you were. When did you start the I, LA Dojo? I started LA Dojo in two thousand two. So there so, you go. Yeah. So ten months there training, and then uh, in like October we came over in 2002 to, to Japan so for the first time. Right, right. And was that the Dome? That was, then? yeah, the Tokyo yeah. Dome. We did a Muga show. Ah, uh, That okay. was that time. So correct me if I'm wrong, but Muga was, so Tatsumi Fujinami was yep. the president at that time. And yep. he had an offshoot kind of promotion, but it was really New Japan. Yes. Promoted. 
uh, a style of wrestling like that he was known for for like 70s kind of old school style yeah 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 uh traditional wrestling and he had this group called muga where he would promote the shows but it's really under the new japan banner right right and it kind of i guess figure what he does now with like tradition right. now like him and yeah, 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 that's like a, a reasonably deep cut to your New Japan World Archives is to look at Osama right. Nishimura, who's like amazing. But um, that, I mean, so there's there's a sense of like the old LA Dojo graduate turned coach right. <laughs> against the old Japan Dojo graduate <laughs> turned coach. Turned coach yeah. <laughs> yeah. But... Um, yeah, can you speak to speak to that? I want to do a, a deep dive on LA Dojo for a little bit, you know, okay. because you know I kind of think hopefully we'll have you come in and come out with this podcast as as we as it goes along. So you know, to find a new angle every now and then, and uh, it's always every time it comes up or the subject of Inoki comes up on air, mm-hmm. it's like oh well, we don't have time to go into it. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have the time. Okay, great. <laughs> Let's dive into this. What brought you to the dojo in the first place? Well, uh, so I I was with a, a company called UPW, Ultimate Pro Wrestling. And that's like, it was famous for being a uh, uh, a feeder system to the WWE at that time. And the promoter was Rick Bassman. But they did a lot of business with Zero One, so they sent a lot of guys to Zero One. Um Myself and Ricky Reyes and TJ Perkins, we were all kind of training together before that. We all went to UPW together. And there we met Samoa Joe and a guy named Justin McCulley. And Justin McCulley was working with uh, under Inoki for mm-hmm. like the Inoki office in Los Angeles or whatever. They had multiple. He had like a separate office from New Japan that he would do his own promotions and stuff like that. Um, so we met him. And basically he's like, um, hey, you know, you guys seem like you guys like to work really hard. <laughs> and we're like, yeah. And he's like, and, and I know you guys want to go to Japan. And at that time, we, we tried out for Zero One. But Zero One said they had no interest in us. They kind of just wanted, like, heavyweight guys. They weren't really mm. looking for junior guys. So um, so he was like, yeah, you know, I'm opening this dojo. Why don't you guys just come and train? And we're like, what do you mean you're opening a dojo? He was like, well... Inoki and New Japan are opening this dojo and they're they're looking for some guys that you know that want to train and come in and train like every day so we're like all right New Japan of hell yeah you know so we went we and we started we actually like helped to build the ring you know put Mm -hmm. in the ring and like put up all like the equipment and everything and like since day one like day one they opened it so and then we just started training and then Inoki would come in just one day and he was like okay, let's stretch you guys. And then he's kind of like showing us stuff and stretching us. Yeah. And then it, it, it wasn't really like a, like a system just yet, you know? Okay. So right when we started. So then it was just kind of like a group of guys training together for a few hours at this New Japan Dojo. And then it kind of, then it became a system, like an official system. We became like the first group that started training there. Right. Okay. So it was kind of like free and loose at the beginning. The, the beginning. I mean, it was always with the dojo that's there now when Shibata was there from the outset. So there was like a key, a clear kind of through line of, well, we're going to replicate right. what we do in Japan and America. But right. there, there wasn't that in. I see. Because I, I, I almost think that in the beginning, Inoki wanted the dojo to have his own place to work out in mm-hmm. 
Santa Monica where he lived. Mm-hmm. Right? So he spent his time a lot from Santa, like between Santa Monica and Tokyo. And I think that that's originally where the idea started. He was like, oh, I just want my own gym. And then it kind of turned into, well, New Japan was like, well, why don't you find some talent and train some guys and, and like make this a thing. So they did, you know, so, but in the beginning, I'm not sure what the actual idea was. I think it was just, he wanted a personal gym, <laughs> his own place to work out. Yeah. Yeah. Was there a strange aura around him when you first met? I I remember like Togi Makabe telling the story where like he sort of, you know, he walks by and he sort of draws himself up and like, yeah, it sort of straightens its oh, spine. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so, and it's just all like, right, well, right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you, you mean he? It's almost like whenever he walked into a room, whether people knew him or didn't know him, like especially in Los Angeles, he immediately grabbed like people's attention. There was a certain charisma and aura about him that he when he walked into a room and you saw people react to him, and even you know even if the other pe- folks didn't know who he was, they would still like, who is this guy? You know, he's six foot three or something like that or four or whatever he is and and you know he's just like he's got the unique face with the chin mm, and everything mm. and and uh you know people are are like looking at him and bowing you know and mm. i don't know there's just something about him for sure right he's he's one of the smartest men i've probably ever met mm. you know, without a shadow of a doubt just the training there in the dojo was so different from anything else and the way that he constantly was trying to challenge us to do our own thing like he, he would always say like, New Japan is great. New Japan is great. But you need to think about the future. What is what is the future? Like you need to make your own style, do your own thing so that when you go to Japan, you'll always be different and you'll be ahead of the curve. He was always like talking about being ahead, ahead, which I think he was sometimes too far ahead. Mm. You know, I think for him, I think that was always his thing is like he was way too many steps ahead of what the the business or the public wanted. And then you know, got phased out and then it came like 10 years later or something like that, you know? Mm-hmm. And there's so many businesses that he did. I mean, you talk about yeah. the, uh, the Tabasco business that <laughs> he, he bought into, yeah, you know, yeah. and, and, and tried to make that a huge thing in Japan. And then that came like, what, 15, 20 years later, you know, whatever it was, you know? So, uh, it, you know, he would talk about wrestling and like talk about how, you know, matches should feel like music you know, they should, they should start with, you know, to set the tone and then they should go up and down. And that as a fighter, you should always be trying to take those emotions as up as high as you can, you know, and sometimes you got to go down, you know, and like when you're getting beat up, you go with it and then you come back up as hard as you can. Cause that's what fighting spirit is, you know, like then when that chorus hits, you know, <laughs> so it was just like, we, it was like weird stuff, but it was, uh, just you could tell the guy was like, well, this guy's super smart, <laughs> way smarter than me. But, uh, it, you know, what a learning experience it was. And uh, in just a, that short amount of time, that first 10 months, especially. Yeah, it's like there's two sort of sides to him almost. Mm-hmm. You're from the outside looking in where you, you see him as like the artist Antonio Inoki. Right. And you see him as like the martial artist Antonio Inoki. You know, and even if you went back on the New Japan World Archives and, and you watched his stuff during the 1970s and then here's him with Stan Hansen one week mm-hmm. and then, you know, it, it would be left hook whatever or mr x and you know in the, right. the world martial arts <laughs> yeah. and, and they're like day to day you know it's like he's fighting a karate guy like one week and then next it's like jack briscoe for like the 
um, the NWF title or something. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, was that something difficult to like pass the guy that you were talking to, or like the almost? I think perhaps fans at the time what confused them was that duality mm. of Inoki, right? the, of Enochism, like the, the artistry or, or like the, the traditional pro wrestling that people were used to. Mm. And then the, the MMA sort of influence that, that he was bringing at the same time. And they, they, to a lot of people, they kind of butt, butted heads right. a little bit. Well, I think that, you know, for a lot of the students in the new Japan LA dojo, a lot of them were very confused by that, by that duality. But I think there were some key guys that really could understand it. And it was like Brian Danielson. It was myself, Reyes, TJ, and and, and Joe. I think the, those were the guys that we could totally understand that. And we were, um, you know, such fans of Japanese wrestling, American wrestling, you know, such a mixture of everything. And, you know, MMA as well, you know, because at that time, Pride is huge, yep. you know, massive. Um that we could kind of understand the whole landscape of it. So it didn't feel like too weird. Um, we, you know, we, we just, you had to remember not to overthink it no matter what, you know, it was really just about uh, you being in the moment. Cause that's what really, what he wanted you to fight from the heart and be in the, you know, be in the moment. Uh, and that's what always made a great Antonio Inoki match. Mm. You know, if you really, really strip it all down you want to take away the MMA, you want to take away this and that. It's just Inoki being a badass, you know, and like, you know, uh, you know, not being afraid, you know, getting his ass kicked and having that sweet chin when he bites down on it <laughs> and starts delivering slaps, you know, to the face and this and that, you know, and then starts, you know, boom, Inziguri to the head, you know, and that explosiveness that he had uh, with that, you know, that's really what it was. That was like bare minimum wrestling, you know, yeah. bare bones heart fighting spirit that's what really the whole company's built on did you ever get the the binta did you ever get the, the, the slap? slap i never got uh, you never did? i never got the slap for some reason oh, i don't know why was that if maybe he he liked you or maybe he didn't like you enough? Like, <laughs> no i i think he did like me i think he uh he, you know you never really knew with him you know like right. you re, for probably three years i've thought this guy doesn't even know my name <laughs> you know even though like I, you know, uh, you know, sometimes I would be his driver, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. I would drive him around Santa Monica, sometimes, you know, whatever, like if, if the dojo needed some stuff, you know, I would go do it for Mr. Inoki, you know? Um, so for like, I, I swear for like two, three years, I had just thought, ah, he doesn't even know my name. I don't even know yeah, who, yeah. <laughs> who I am. But then, uh, then you would see, like, I, I remember, uh, this is a little later, like two in maybe like 2005 or something, I would say 2005 or 2006. Um, I was over, I was already, I was black tiger at this time and I was in Japan and I was staying at the dojo. I would stay at the dojo during this time in, in Japan. And I get a phone call at like midnight and it's, uh, somebody who worked for, for Inoki. And he was like, Oh, um, Mr. Inoki's in Rapungi. He wants you to come uh, over right now. And I'm like, <laughs> Uh, this is rock. I'm like, this is Rocky. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yes, I know. Mr. Noki would like you to come to to Rapungi, and I was like, oh, okay. So, uh, so then you know, I put on my clothes, I go to Rapungi, and then you know, uh, you know, he's there, like having a good time with a bunch of his friends, and he's like, sit down, 
And he gives me like, you know, a glass of whiskey and a cigar. And he goes, you like cigars? You smoke cigars? I don't think I've ever smoked you a do cigar now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. in my life. And he goes, go ahead. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, yeah, of course. I love cigars. Yeah. So, you know, and, and, I, and then here I am. I'm smoking a cigar at midnight in Rapungi with, you know, Antonio Inoki. And, and, and he's like, um, this is like one of the first times that he like, I, like he like we talked, you know, mm. like I felt like we were just like talking as two people talk instead of like senpai kohai you know grandmaster mm, mm, mm. and you know the student and and he was just and you know we, we talked about wrestling and he said things like you know you're one of my best students and stuff like that and i was like wow this is I so think. cool <laughs> the very the founder member for punky 3k and uh and then he's like uh so this is a funny story so then he's like um, oh we were uh, New Japan was about to do like this tour of Italy oh yeah 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 so 2005 maybe 2005 Mm. and he goes uh, and I think we were in the we were in the middle of the best of super juniors but for some Mm. reason in the middle there was this week where we're going to or they well they were the company was going to go to Italy I wasn't supposed to go I was going to stay in Japan oh okay okay so then he goes oh uh are you going to Italy? And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to Italy. I'm just going to, I'm staying in Japan for the week. And then when the tour restarts, I'm going to join back on. And he was like, oh, uh, you know, he was like, how could one of the best wrestlers in the company not be on that Italia tour? We need to show like the world, you know, about these foreign wrestlers are great and how they come to Japan and blah, blah, blah. So then he's like, I, he's like, okay, okay. And then I'm like, all right. And then like we continued on and then we didn't speak about it for the rest of the night. Next morning at like seven, eight in the morning, I get a phone call from the office at the dojo and they're like, can you come drop your passport off? Because uh, we need to get you a visa for Italy. (laughs) I'm like, oh, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) So anyway, long story short, we go to Italy and uh, and then I, I dislocated my shoulder and then ruined my my best of super junior that year. Oh no. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, no. Was this the the, the infamous laying of hands? At yes. This, point? this is the infamous laying of hands, yeah. That yeah. was that was uh that was during the Italy thing. And right. Do, do you want me to Yeah. Okay. yeah. <laughs> I'll give you the quick version. So um so the final night I after I dislocate my, my shoulder we're like in Milan, uh I think and uh you know, a big group of the wrestlers are eating together, you know, mm. so uh, Misawa, the trainers there, and so I, I my arm was in a sling, mm. you know, and they they were very worried because they were gonna have to take me out of the tournament, and, mm. you know, and we didn't know what was gonna happen. So, um, Mister Noki brings me up to the to the like basically to the front where he was sitting, and he's like, "How's your shoulder feeling?" And I'm like, oh, it's pretty bad, I think, you know, it's I could barely lift it." And he's like, "Take off your sling." And I'm like, uh, okay. Yeah. So I take off the sling and Masao, the trainer is like looking at me, like starting to give me eyes, like, what are you doing? You know, like yeah. you're not supposed to be moving it. And then he goes and he, he takes his hands, rubs them together for about a minute or so. Yeah. And then he goes, and he starts putting all his energy and power <laughs> into his hand, like, like over my shoulder. And he's like, is it getting, is it getting, can you feel it getting hot? like on your shoulder and I was like I was embarrassed and straight and like nervous so so yes right right. (laughs) yes I'm very nervous right now so yes because everybody's now has stopped eating and they're all like staring at us you know and I'm like uh and then he's like uh 
He's like, and he does it for about, I don't know, two, three, four minutes, five minutes or something. And then he goes, go ahead, lift it, lift up your, your arm mm. should be better now. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, like yeah. all my strength to barely lift my arm. And I'm looking at Masao and Masao's going, waving his hands like, no, you're not supposed to move it. And I like lift it, I lift it. And, and I go, and, and he goes, ah, I put it down front. He goes, see, it's much better. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it was just ribbing me. No, <laughs> well, I, I, I hear there were a yeah. few people at the time <laughs> that he would put hands upon him. <laughs> but I don't. It's it's interesting that you know he suddenly opened up to you. I think like that's yeah. you know we we usually have like a a word of the week on on the podcast. And, okay, you know, and we talked about senpai kohai last time and. um you know, have you ever heard the word tsukibito? Yeah. Yeah. So like tsukibito is, is when you're somebody's personal sort of right, attendant right. or whatever. And and sometimes, you know, you hear these. I haven't read many about Inoki. Like I know like Baba and Tenryu, they, he just never taught. They never talked mm. at all, you know. Right. And it wasn't until Tenryu was just like debuting. He goes out and he goes like, oh, am I yoku gambatana? You know, he, he was just like, oh, you've done a good job, you know, right. sort, sort of thing. Um, so is that kind like of a like, like kind of more traditional old school sumo tradition? I, I yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I think there's there's aspects of that, and maybe like a deliberate sort of mm-hmm. tough love thing, and right, then like right. you know the the cold father figure, that, exactly. <laughs> you know, exactly. kind of thing. But uh, yeah, when did um, when was Shinsuke in the the dojo? Shinsuke came. I think Shinsuke came in two thousand two. Right. Like right I think he came a few months before we left. So we le- if we left in October, he must have came like in like July or August or something. Mm. If, if I'm correct. Mm. Uh th- yeah, and then that's a perfect example I think of what Enochism was to you know, and and that's why I think like he was so successful in the duality as we talked about like being an artist and being mm. a martial artist mm. you know he was like very much he is you know that that Inokiism, and i think Inoki had a lot of um they spent a lot of time together during right. that time you know and uh and he was always uh talking to nakamura and trying to influence nakamura as much as he could you know mm. with, with uh you know with the things that he would say and how to think and how to do and, you know, and, and still even Nakamura had, obviously, he was always been a very strong spirited person. So even, I think he would get the information and he would take some, you know, he would take some pieces and then some pieces he would be like, no, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> right. But even though I think it was still seeping in either way, yeah. you know, and it just, can't, it just had to come out whenever Nakamura was ready. And a lot of it didn't come out until many years later. years later right yeah. yeah 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 because when if that was what summer of 02 you know i mean this he sort of had that super hot start mm-hmm. very early and then went to la and right. um you know that i can only imagine like the how he was feeling personally at such a young age mm-hmm. to be at at that spot which was arguably above where he should have been for that time right and then to to come over like and i think that he'll he'll even admit now that he was in way over his head you know at that at that time um but i don't think he would have said it at that time mm. you know uh but i, I think he was definitely because we were talking about it one time and we we're like 
when you won the belt, like how much experience did you have? And he's like, and he didn't really have much experience yeah. at all. Like not even training in the dojo really. Yeah. You know, so it was, it was, his story is, is insane. It's so mm. wild. It's so different than everything else, you know, mm. like everybody else's story. Mm. The trajectory is like straight to the top, like you said. Mm. And, um, Okada as well. He was in the dojo for like a day or two. Yeah. I, I remember hearing like, <laughs> yeah, maybe a day or a week or something like that. I want to yeah. say, but, um, we had a connection with Ultima Dragon. Right. Like so Torimon. Yeah. Mm. With to- and with Torimon. So, um, like a couple times I, I went to Dragon School in Mexico City and then trained and like did some CMLA shows and maybe did like, oh, I did Dragon Cup. And then I did the Dragon Cup and that's where I wrestled mm. for the first time. That's when I met him. And uh, in this, we're like in the second round of the dragon young dragon cup or whatever it is and we had a you know a singles match with a 16 i had a singles match with 16 year old (laughs) (laughs) which is just blows your mind now but um uh but yeah so through that then sometimes like you know they would come to los angeles Mm. and they would do some matches like all around los angeles and so you know they were like oh well come train at the dojo and okada came to train at the dojo and i think we went to disneyland or something (laughs) Possibly. <laughs> I can envisage. Like, I can picture the mental image of like <laughs> teenager kind of. Yeah. He's like maybe 18. Early, early 20s, Rocky yeah. Mary. So, what are we going to do? Go to Disneyland. So, not much has changed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, actually. <laughs> uh, true. Yeah. The new dojo, or well, relatively new, it's been there for a couple of years now. And uh, I mean, I know you've been over there a few times and are there like a, a lot of similarities is it like a nostalgic going back there every now and then or is it a completely mm-hmm. different you know what I, I it's a bit different because I feel like the original LA Dojo was like just because I think the way it started was such like <clears throat> it was really like the wild wild west you know mm. like anything could happen and then it, you know it wasn't really it was Antonio Noki's Dojo right so like yeah. you you know like something crazy was going to happen <laughs> every single day. Somebody would come in. Like I remember Steve Blackman came in all of a sudden, like one day started teaching us like to do karate kicks. And we're like, what? <laughs> you know? wow. And then like, you know, DDP would come in and, you know, he talked to all of us and then boss Rutten would come in and, mm. and get, you know, him and Inoki would start like rolling around. And, you know, then like, it, it was just crazy. That's best written is like that's another how much of his stuff is on world I don't know but like the his run in New Japan oh yeah and there's a great feud he had with Nishimura actually yeah and like, there's an awesome match he had with Kanemoto for the junior title yeah. I think that is insane yeah it's so good yeah yeah right a lot of kind of that era or you know what some people I think that are fans of that era and then the detractors as well there's a lot of people that come out of there where you go. If this guy had just chosen MMA, he'd be a great fighter. Right. If this guy had just chosen pro wrestling, he'd be a great pro wrestler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's a lot of like you see that maybe with like Nakanishi, who like had a lot of he could have gone either way, right? right. Or um, you know, Bazrin as well, who was like a great oh man, he's a great pro wrestler. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's entertaining, but it, I mean, he's a badass though. Yeah. He was badass. He was interesting to go out with. 
uh, like, cause we were on, that was during that October tour when he, I think he wrestled Kanemoto and I think, I think we like cornered him or something like that. Like, cause he had a, like an LA dojo connection. This was mm-hmm. like when they're like pushing the LA dojo a bit. Mm-hmm. So it was like the, the connection was like China, mm. Justin McCauley, boss root and Shane, glamour boy, Shane, maybe. Mm-hmm. And then the, the dojo students, you know, right. so, uh, so that was like interesting thing. So I think we, yeah, yeah, we like second him and I just remember thinking, well, this is like a really good match. These guys are yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I was not expecting boss Rudin to be able to, to be a good pro wrestler, but yeah, you never know. You never, you never knew. You, you never, never know the time. Bob yeah. Sapp. Bob Sapp, time, who yeah. was, um, yeah, another guy. And he wound up having a longer career, perhaps, like, sporadically in, mm. in pro wrestling for a long time. You right. know, because with DDT as well, like, after New Japan. So, right, um, right. Yo, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, Sap and Nakanishi. Mm-hmm. Like, that debut match where it's like, yeah. whoa. That was a wild <laughs> match. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was all that same, that same Tokyo Dome, I think. That, that right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, man, I'd, I'd love to spend another couple of hours. <laughs> that we haven't even scratched scratch the, the surface. <laughs> this is why like, yeah. we need so Rocky crazy. as a regular appearance on this <laughs> on this podcast. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm sure uh, we'll have you on. Uh, you know, <laughs> whenever, whenever you guys want, you know, I'm, I'm totally down. No, yeah, I, yeah, I have so much fun uh, talking about the old days, and uh, it's just good for. I've forgotten so much, you know, because so mm. much has happened since yes. that, you know. So it's yeah. kind of nice to go back and reminisce and kind of talk about things, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so much uh, to come from New Japan Pro Wrestling as we get to the uh, the standardized uh, plugs. Yeah. <laughs> the um, by this time, by the time this goes up, uh, it'll still be at the end of June, June 29th, June 30th. We'll be in Melbourne and Sydney, Southern Showdown. Uh, then after that, it's Dallas, right? Dallas, July 6th. I mean, I, I feel like I can't stress how important this date is. The opening of the G1 for the first time outside of, you know, Japan. This is mm. like massive. So, uh, you know, I, I really hope the uh, the hardcore fans and audience will help to spread the, the message of like, this. hey, it's going to be probably one of the best shows of the year. It always is. Yes. And... Uh, and it's something that you're not going to want to miss out because it's like this history-making event. So we want to make it as, as successful as possible. Yeah, absolutely. It's, this is like one of those things where it's like great for the wrestling community worldwide. Like this is this is a really huge deal. Yeah, I mean, there's only one first time, right? You know, so I think like <laughs> yeah. if you're if you're not there, then you can't say, oh, "Is it the first sort of international G one?" We'll wait till next year, and right. then no, like, this is like. I should have gone to, man, I could have got tickets to WrestleMania one and I didn't, you know, this is like yes. that kind of thing. Yeah. 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 First, sort of firsts and maybe last year we like Ligers last time in Dallas, perhaps, exactly. you know, so I mean, exactly. like, yeah, they just announced Liger. For yeah. Dallas, so. Yeah. 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 And, uh, then after the G1, August 31st will be Royal Quest in London as well. All of that stuff, njpw1972.com, um, at njpw global for New Japan's official Twitter. You can follow me at ReasonJP. You're already following Rocky, surely, if you're listening to this, but for some reason, if they're not. At Azuka Rock, A-Z-U-R, eight by A-Z-U. I was forgetting. <laughs> you can't spell. <laughs> you can't spell. <laughs> 
A-Z-U-C-A-R-R-O-Z. There you go. Woo. <laughs> okay. And uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next time. Until then, go kigenyo. Sayonara.